Good morning, everybody. And uh, my name is Tim, if you've forgotten. Uh, it's good to have you with us. If it's your first time here, uh, welcome to Greater Alton Church. Can you believe Thanksgiving is coming up now? It's like right after uh, Halloween, things just really get geared up for the holidays. And so um, good to have you with us today and hope you grow in some way, challenge in some way as we as we start a new series. I'm starting a new series called Gratitude Adjustment. That's what the wrench is about, if you notice. I like tools. So um, it's about that idea of gratitude. We are entering that month where we're supposed to be thinking about Thanksgiving. You know, Thanksgiving used to be, and was originally about praise and thanksgiving to God. Um, it's changed, hasn't it? Quite a bit over the years. In the midst of the Civil War, Abraham Lincoln proclaimed the last Thursday of November as Thanksgiving. Here are some of his words if you want to read with me up on the screen. This is during the Civil War. Think about it. 1863 is when this was written. And in the midst of the Civil War, here's his words. The year that is drawing towards its close has been filled with the blessings of fruitful fields and health-filled skies. To these bounties which are so constantly enjoyed that we are prone to forget the source from which they come. Others have been added which are so extraordinary a nature that they cannot fail to penetrate and soften even the heart which is habitually insensible to the ever-watchful providence of Almighty God. He goes on to explain how our country, the natural resources, how the population is growing in spite of the carnage of the Civil War. He talks about all of the blessings that crops are really doing well, that the harvest farmers are bringing in a load in their harvest. He talks about the country expanding. He elaborates on that. Then he says these words, No human cancel hath divide or hath any mortal hand worked out these great things. They are the gracious gifts of the Most High God, who while dealing with us in anger for our sins, hath nonetheless remembered mercy. It has seemed to me fit and proper that they should be solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledged as with one heart and one voice by the whole American people. I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States and also those who are at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as the day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. I thought, what an interesting thing. It's a day of thanksgiving and praise. Boy, it's changed. Think about it. The heart of thanksgiving has changed. It's, it's went from thanksgiving and praise to food and football and first in line to those bargains. Am I right? That seems to be what's happened to this wonderful time of the year. And I always thought to myself, what's happened to this day? What's happened to this special day? Well, it's it's getting treated like every other day. And if you think about it, if you share your concern like I have, this concern about what happened to Thanksgiving that day, that last Thursday of November, I'd like you to think about all the other days. All the other days of the year. What's happened to them? Because when you read the Bible, when you read the Scriptures, you find out that gratitude is a way of life that's lived on a daily basis. If you look at this, look at here Ephesians 5, verse 20. Paul said these words, Always give thanks to God, the Father, for everything. Always be thankful, in other words. Always be giving Him thanks. No special day. Make it a part of your everyday life. 
Here in Psalm 68, I thought it was an interesting passage. It's translated two different ways. About half of them translate it this way. Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits. That word blessed also means to praise Him and give Him thanks. I got to look at this this passage as well as a host of others, and um, I can't believe how much the Bible talks about gratitude. It's not natural for us to be grateful, am I right? Remember as a kid, and maybe as an adult you get this occasionally from your spouse, but I remember as a kid when we get something, mom or dad would say to us, and what do you say? Uh, I don't like this. (laughs) No. (laughs) What do you say? Thank you. Thank you. I don't know if sometimes gratitude, for me again, again, when I think about gratitude, and even to this day, my wife will remind me, you know, have you thanked them for that? Did you bother? I don't think you even thanked them for that. I find that that word gratitude or thank you is, is attached to a memory of being scolded and guilted to do. I don't know, maybe that's different for you, but I just, I have an unpleasant connection to this idea of gratitude. And it, and by the way, you stop and think about it. Again, it's not natural for us to be grateful people. I've listened to people at restaurants, these waitresses break their backs taking care of them, and I don't hear gratitude from the tables. I don't hear anyone say thank you or that's it. You did, you did a wonderful job, or, and let alone, many not even tip them. And just the idea of this, this idea of gratitude and how uh, absent it can be in our culture. Um, I've got here, before we talk a little bit about a grateful life, I want you to think about this point here. I wrote down, gratitude is an attitude that leads to action. It's, it's, it's really, it's, it's an attitude that honors God and leads to action, or is an attitude that leads to action and honors God. That's what really we do with it. In 2 Timothy 3.2, up here on the screen, look what Paul said to Timothy. He said, people will be selfish. He's talking about the last days. People will be selfish and love money. And he says, Things like they'll be lovers of themselves, they'll be disobedient, they'll be unforgiving. He just has a big long list, ruthless, harsh. And one of the things he says they, they'll also do is they'll show no gratitude. They'll show no gratitude. I've always heard people say, you ought to have the attitude of gratitude. Well, if you have the attitude of gratitude, it will show in your actions. You can have an attitude. I've had attitudes, all kinds of attitudes. It doesn't necessarily mean they, they transform into action. Am I right about that? You agree with that? Yeah. And a lot of times, a lot of times we have these attitudes, but they don't transform into action. But the Lord encourages us to transform this attitude into an action. And really, it's not really much of an attitude unless it has some action attached to it. In Psalms 50, here's what the psalmist says, what David says, the sacrifice that honors me is a thankful heart. Notice the sacrifice, God says, what you do, what you offer, what you do, again, action, that honors me best is a thankful heart. And after Jesus healed ten lepers, one of them comes back to Him and thanks Him at His feet, thanking Him. And this is what Jesus says in the message uh, paraphrase. I like the way it says this. He says to him, after he says, go offer, you know, offer the whatever you need to do to the temple and talk to the priest. Then he says, your, your cleansed and grateful life, not your words, will bear witness to what I've done. Did you catch that? 
A lot of times we think just saying thank you or thanks. Gratitude is more than words. It's much deeper and richer than just an expression, a verbal expression. I'm not denying that praise and saying thank you is good. It's good for us to do. But notice the grateful life. This life we live, and I live it every day, this daily life of gratitude, it's what really honors God, and it's what bears witness to the world. See, there's a feeling. Listen, there's a there's there's feeling grateful and being grateful. Big difference, huh? Loads of difference. And see, that's why I'm saying a grateful life is not based on feelings. It's actually based on your faith. It's something you choose. It's something you strongly believe in. And just like faith without deeds is dead, gratitude without action is just as dead. So I, that's what I want us to talk about the next several weeks. You know, I think the 24th, Mike Napier is going to be here. So he's going to cut in on my, my time. And uh, so um, he'll be here, though. And so I've only got three weeks to really cover some of this here. So I'm going to try to my best to cover some things. I want to look at things that we can be grateful for. But today I just want to spend some time looking at what does a grateful life look like? And, um, and think about, ask this, answer this question, am I truly grateful? Am I truly a grateful person? See, if I'm grateful... It's going to show itself in the way I live. Let's look at these six traits. There were ten. This, this sermon had originally ten points. And um, I have been out of the pulp for two months. And I thought I deserved at least ten. But I've realized I need to whittle it down. Okay, so I'm a little rusty, so bear with me. But here we go. Let's look at these six traits of a grateful life. Number one, grateful people are positive. Is that true? Think about it. The most positive people you know, aren't they grateful people? It seems just ooze out of them. Are you a positive person? Ask yourself that. Do people think you're a positive person? Would others say that? See, ungrateful people are usually negative, cynical, critical, and they complain. And complain. And complain. But grateful people are the opposite. They're very positive people. Look what uh, Moses says in Psalms 92. This is a song from Moses. It is wonderful to be grateful. Isn't that a wonderful sentence? It is wonderful to be grateful and to sing your praises, Lord Most High. He says, man, it's wonderful to be grateful. It's so good for me. And it shows in how I see things. See, I notice grateful people are glad people. They're more upbeat. They're more joyful. Now, don't they, do, do they experience, you know, uh, the setbacks of life like everybody else? Of course they do. They experience everything you and I experience. They experience moments of disappointment. They can even experience getting fired or having something go wrong physically. They, they can experience disease. But somehow, when they, they experience these bad things that happen to them, somehow they, they do it without a bad attitude. Why is that? Well, they're crazy. That's why. They're just out of touch with reality. You know, they just, they don't see the things the way they really are. Are you sure? Maybe they're not so out of touch with reality because 
grateful people see are positive because they're, they, they're in touch with God, see? And, they, and they're able to focus more on what God is doing and, and, and they do that more and, and, and are, they focus less on what's happening or what people are doing to them. And so they're grateful for what God has done. You know, if anybody experienced a lot of woes, a lot of problems, a lot of setbacks, it was David. Talk about it. He had, he had people after him, people trying to kill him, people conniving against him, planning his demise. He had a moral failure himself. He experienced that. And I notice, I notice here that, that he, though he experienced a lot of this, he doesn't gripe about, not always gripe about it, but he's grateful. In Psalms 52, this is the chapter after Psalms 51 where he confesses his sin to Bathsheba. He says this, I will, I will give thanks to you, God, forever, because you've acted in the presence of your faithful people. I will hope in your name because it's good. I thought, and he's saying, you know what? When I'm around other people, when I'm around your people, I'm going to have something positive to share. I'm going to be positive. I'm going to be hopeful. I can expect, I can ex- whatever you're preparing, whatever you're expecting, whatever whatever is ahead of me, I've got my hope because I know it's going to be good because you're a good God. I read something this week about gratitude helps us understand what really happened in our past. It balances our views of the past. Understand what God's doing in our present and have this hope and expectation that something good is coming. Because He's that good. He was good in our past. He's good now. And He'll be good in the future. Are you positive about that? How positive are you? It has something to do with your gratitude to God. It has something to do with that. So what I did was, I didn't know how to... I made, I, I, I like tools, so I put wrenches down. <laughs> and I put my gratitude adjustment to be more positive. Maybe you need a complete overhaul, you know? And so circle all five wrenches if you, I really need to work on this being positive and my gratitude so I can be positive. Or maybe you just need to tweak a little bit. Well, then put one or two. Circle one or two. But think about what kind of adjustments you need to make with your gratitude to become more positive. Number two, grateful people are conscious of God. How are they positive? They are conscious of God. I love this passage because it reminds me of Thanksgiving. I eat my fill of prime rib and gravy. I smack my lips. It's time to shout praises. If I'm sleepless at midnight, I spend the hours in grateful reflection because you're all, you've always stood up for me. I'm free to run and play. I hold on to you for dear life. You hold me steady as a post. I thought, wow, interesting passage here. It says, when I'm sleepless at midnight, I don't know what keeps you up at midnight. But my gratitude doesn't keep me up. You know, my worries keep me up. And here we see David going, you know, when I'm sleepless at midnight, I'm going to spend those hours. I'm going to choose to be grateful. I'm going to choose to have grateful reflection because you've always been with me. You've upheld me. See, choosing gratitude plays a big part in your awareness of God. Gratitude sees how good God is. It sees His mercy. I want to spend next week talking about why should we praise God for being God? Just to be grateful for God. You think about all the things 
He has done, we didn't do. We didn't even ask Him to do. How good He is, how merciful He is, how wise He is, how fair He is. And with that, with gratitude, it's not only that I see I'm conscious of God's goodness, but I'm also conscious of the source of my blessings. The real source of my blessings. Gary last week uh, wrapped up his series on Daniel and I couldn't help but notice something as he was nearing the end of his lesson. He kind of set things up for this week. And I'm not going to go on and on about Daniel. We just know he was faithful in a place that was not encouraging him to be faithful. And what I notice about Daniel is he's in the inner circle of King Darius. He's one of three major people in the king's life. And the other two guys, along with everybody else, has a secret meeting with that king saying, you know what? You need to pass a law that no one can pray to their God, but only to you. And let's just make it 30 days. Just 30 days. Temporary. Doesn't have to be very long. And the, and the Bible says this up here on the screen. Daniel heard about the law. He didn't, in other words, he had no idea. It was passed. And once you pass a Persian law, it is sunk. It's, it's the way it's going to be. And here he is. He hears about this law. It says, but when he returned home, he went upstairs and prayed in front of the window that faced Jerusalem in the same way that he always had done. And look what it says about him. He knelt down in prayer three times a day, giving thanks to God. Gratitude was a big part of his life every day. Three times a day he'd pray, giving thanks to God. Why? Because he knew God was in control. He knew God was working. And he knew God would work it out. You know, In the same chapter, he ends up in the lion's den and remember, King Darius says to him, Hey, did your God save you, Daniel? And he says, Yeah, he sent an angel and shut all the lion's mouths. He showed up. Just like I knew he would. Couldn't help but think as I looked at this passage, to think about it was only a 30-day break from prayer all Daniel was asked to do. Just don't pray for 30 days. You don't have to thank God for 30 days. And Daniel refuses to. i got news for you, folks. My prayer life, an edict isn't keeping me off my knees. Ingratitude does. Ingratitude keeps me off my knees. And Daniel saw God is still working. And so as he thought about his life, he realized he was, con- he was conscious of God. See, much of life is not determined by the circumstances. Not by your circumstances, but your, by your choices. Your choices. See, Daniel sees that bigger picture. And when you see the bigger picture, you're so grateful to God because He is involved in your life. He made the first move and He wants to be involved in your life. You find yourself going, man, I'm so grateful that God is in here, in this situation, in this circumstance. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Whatever happens, always be thankful. I think one translation says, be thankful in all circumstances, not for all circumstances. God isn't saying, thank you God for giving me cancer, or thank you God for letting me have this car accident, or thank you God for something, you know, for the divorce. Thank you. Although I know some people might say, thank God for the divorce. <laughs> I don't think that's what he, he's saying there. He's saying, no, be thankful in those circumstances. In those situations. Whatever happens, always be thankful. He doesn't say always be faithful. Always obey me. Those are important. No, He chooses gratitude. He lifts up gratitude. 
Always be thankful. This is how God wants you to live in Christ Jesus. So when it comes to God's presence and awareness of God's presence, how much of your gratitude do you need to adjust? There's that little ranch thing again. Maybe one or two wrenches. I need to work on that a little bit. Or, you know what, I need to work on a lot more than that. Because I forget about God's presence. I'm so so caught up in the problems that are present or the challenges that are present or the to-do list that's present. I'm just, I just want to encourage you, you know, grateful people, they're so positive and they're also aware of God's presence. Number three, grateful people value others. Grateful people value others. What I mean by that is I appreciate the people God has put in my life. Look what Paul says here. Whenever you cross my mind, wow, whenever you cross my mind, I thank my God for you and for the gift of knowing you. You got anybody like that? Whenever they cross your mind, does gratitude come out? Or you go, oh boy. Paul says, man, he tells this to his church. Whenever you cross, this church of Philippi, whatever, whenever I think about you, I just thank God. I'm just so thankful to know you, that God's let us be together, to, to worship together, to work together in His kingdom. He tells Timothy, he tells a young man named Timothy, he says, night and day I mention you in my prayers. Now, I don't know about you, but I, when someone says, I'm praying for you, what are you praying for? I'm praying you, you know, you'll be decent or, you know, I pray you don't give me such a hard time. I pray you'll change. No, he says, I pray, I mention you in my prayers. I'm always grateful for you. Gratitude is a part of that prayer life. Isn't that something? I was, um, I'm a part of the Little Prairie Bible Camp board now. I got elected in. Oh boy. My hand's in the cookie jar. You know, so. So, um, uh, last week was one of the first meetings that they had. They had it in Jeff City. It was for the weekend. And they were having a strategic planning meeting. And they'd never done one before. That was a red flag. I knew, what am I doing down here? They've never done one of these before. I'd never done one before. And they started talking about this. Uh, they have this guy come up and he talks about KPIs. Key Performance indicators. That's what it stands for. I've never been so confused in my life. What? Huh? And they're breaking down stuff like these are the strengths of the camp. These are the weaknesses of the camp. By the way, if you want to be a member, an alumnus member for Little Prairie Bible Camp, you can do that and send in $10 dues and you have a vote as to who's on the board. Now, I'm not trying to stuff no ballot boxes here, okay? I, I didn't need your votes. I'm just simply saying, if you want to help Little Prairie Bible Camp, here's a plug, okay, here's a commercial. You know, why not be a part of the membership? Listen, out of all the people in 48 years they've had go to camp, counselors and campers, only 120 are a part of that group. 120 in 48 years. That's senior week right there. I just want to encourage you to think about you know, maybe you want to be want to do that. But anyway, back to back to the story. So here we are, and we're we're going through uh, all this stuff. You know, what's the strengths? What's the weaknesses? What what uh, what are some objectives? And they're talking about all this. But before we even get into that, this guy goes, 
Okay, I want you to take some index cards and I want you to write everybody's name on, write one name on each card of everybody. And so I take, there's 12 of us, so I take the cards. I don't know any of these people but about four. I mean, I had to cheat, like third grade. Who's that? Okay, alright, alright. That's Evelyn? Okay, Evelyn, alright, alright. Who's that? Oh yeah, okay, I got him. Willie, okay, got him. Okay, Taylor, okay, got him. But I only knew about three or four people. And he goes, now what I want you to do this, I want you to write down two or three or whatever you believe are strengths and attributes that they have that they bring to the board. And then flip the card over and write down what you think they need to improve on to help the board be a good board. I am sweating bullets because I don't know these people. So I write their names down. I think I've got all their names right. And I've got three people and I write, I write, oh, it was really easy. I knew them. I turn it over and I go, I don't know. Be nicer? I don't know. What do you say? I don't know. So I write something down and then he goes, okay, we're going to start here and we're going to go around the room. We're going to start with Evelyn. And she said, oh, and here goes the first person. Well, Evelyn, I've known you for 30-some years. And let me tell you what I know about you. And just lists these things. And I watch Evelyn, and she's like... Getting all teary-eyed. And, Thank you. Thank you. And then gets to the next person. I mean, the first guy said it all. I thought, oh, no, no, no. There's more. Get the second person. Well, I've known you for 10 years, and this is what I know about you. And a few other things I'm going. I start writing them down. Because it's coming to me. <laughs> you know, I'm a rookie, but I, at least I got. So we get, and finally, because, and, and all these people are saying how sacrificial this woman's been. She sends about 20 kids to camp that don't even go to her church. They're in her community, and she's, she's, and she, raises money and spends her own money to get 20 kids to come to church camp every year. And I'm sitting there going, wow, wow, wow. And so I, it's my turn and I go, well, Evelyn, all I can say is you're amazing. What a passion for children. I'm just, I'm blown away. I share your passion, but man, you really, you really, you are bought in. And I'm just amazed that I got nothing critical to say. I just, I'm blown away by your attributes. And we go around everybody. And then it's my turn. <laughs> well, let's do Tim. Oh, no. <clears throat> What's going to happen? And here they go. And these people don't know me. Only three know me. Only three know me. At least I thought only three knew me. And here they go around. Well, I've known, you. I've known Tim. I've known about you. And I've heard about you for 20, 30 years. Huh? And this is what I notice. Oh. 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 That's enough. Enough. Well, I got one more. I oh, know you can't. And and then go. And honestly, uh, all I can say is just keep it up. We need you, we need you to do this, this. Okay. Okay. Next person. Next person. Then I get they get to somebody that knows me. And she just unloads all this stuff. Not criticism. I'm just like, oh my goodness. Okay. 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 Really? Are you sure you know me? I see this in you. All the way around. And then we get done with this whole process. This is how we start the, the board meeting. 
and somebody at the table says, you know, it just occurred to me, why do we wait till somebody's dead to talk to them about them like this? It's so good to talk to them for a change. You know what I thought? Wow, powerful. Then I thought this. I go, man, I, you know, Denise, I didn't want, I didn't want to do the board. I didn't, I wasn't really, and Denise goes, you need to go. It'd be good for you. You know, you, you're just stuck, you know, you're, you're just in this little pond and you need to get out there and spread those little wings, Tim. Spread those little wings. And I'm going, I don't want to spread no wings. I don't want to be bothered. It's a two and a half hour drive. I don't want to, oh, come on. You can, it's once a month. I don't want to do it. You can do it. She talks me into going and she says the day of, and you, it'll be good for you because you're probably going to hear some things you need to hear. I'm like, well, what, have you talked to them already? <laughs> and so, and I, I did, it crossed my mind. i got to tell you guys, it crossed my mind. Boy, I haven't heard this in a long time. I have not heard such positive things. And just as soon as I thought that, a rival thought come in and just crunched it right the other one right out and said and Tim you haven't said much of that in a while cuz i know some of you here when we're talking about this idea about what's the attribute you're thinking yeah people need to appreciate me yeah i hear you grateful people appreciate others they appreciate others I want you to know, church, I'm, I wish I could say I've always liked my church. But I'd be lying to you. I sit in the chairs with you. I take those breaks. Sit in the back there with Gary. What a prayer warrior. Amen. Come on, Tim, let's pray. Okay. Man, thank you for this church. Thank you for this church. I'm going, Really? You're thanking God for this church. Let the pack win again. Okay. My Sunday, man, I sat right back there in that back row and I want to tell you something. I was so excited to be home. I've not always been excited about Greater Alton. There's times I'm so frustrated. There's times I'm just so discontent and just bothered about things. And then I listen to the horror stories on that board of what they have to go through at their churches. Their eldership, some of their elderships won't even discuss church camp with their church. They refuse to talk about it. Some of their preachers get in the way. They hear something that they think may have happened from a nine-year-old or a sixteen-year-old, which is... What can I say? What can I say? They think it's true and it... They don't even bother to find out the facts. I come through the door Sunday morning after listening a guy talk for me two hours straight. I thought he had an air hose attached somewhere because he never took a breath talking about how hard it is at his church. And I sat down and went, oh God, thank you for my church. 
thank you for Greater Alton Church. Oh, we're not perfect. Timothy wasn't perfect either, you know. He had a he had a fear issue. He had all kinds of issues. But Paul says, I remember you. I, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. That's what grateful gratitude see values people. Oh, they see the they see the weaknesses. Yeah, they see the the pet peeves and the things that get. Oh, you're so full of yourself. Or oh man, you 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 just don't see things like you should. Or, or man, you you're stingy or you're selfish or your opinion. But grateful people say, yeah, but I I'm able to see the things God sees and I see the good in there. I want to tell you, church. I know we're not a perfect church. I know sometimes I, there's times I went. I don't even know if we're a good church. I'm grateful. Are you grateful? You value people? Are are they going to have to die before you say something nice about them? We finally say, boy, I tell you, man, it was something. I I used to joke, I'd say, you know, when I'm dead, I can hear people say, I told him he was working too hard. No, you know what you're going to do? You're going to gush. Some of you are going to gush and talk about, oh, he's so funny. He's this and he's this. You never say a word to me. I'm not saying, by the way, I'm not asking for compliments. I'm just saying that's how, is that the way it's going to be when one of you die? Church, are the rest of us going to wait until then? You see these pumpkins up here? Sucrest, you, she is, if she'd have been in the military, she'd have been a scrounger. She is amazing. She finds things. Okay? I wanted some pumpkins up here. And I, the reason this is Nicole come up with this idea. And she, she what she's doing is, is she said, Tim, why don't we get some pumpkins up here and we'll put some markers up here because we love to color at Greater Alton. We love to do things. And it give people an opportunity to write down maybe something they're, they're grateful for on these pumpkins. And they're going to be up here all the time. Not sure when the best time to do it. Maybe it's during the Lord's Supper or while we're praying together sometimes, or even after church, you come up here and write maybe somebody's name. Maybe somebody you, you, you're grateful for. I don't know. But with that, they're going to be up here all the time. They're going to be up here during this whole series. I'd love to see these pumpkins just covered with blessings. Grateful people value other folks. Yeah, but Tim, if you, if you praise somebody too much, they'll get the big head. I was told that one time. If you praise a person, that may be true. But when you praise God, it goes to their heart. When you praise God for them, pure gratitude goes to the heart of the matter. And by the way, I don't think we've had any trouble praising people until they got the big head around here since it's this church started. We've got a long ways to go to worry about that. But can we? Can we value other people? Can we be grateful? See, grateful people value others. So, with your gratitude adjustment to value others, what do you need to work? Is that something you need to work on big time? Is that a major overhaul? Or is that just a couple of tweaks, a little, little adjustment? You decide. Number four, grateful people are humble. They're humble. Look at the Bible says here, the wicked, the wicked people are too proud. They do not look for God. There's no room for God in their thoughts. The wicked, they're proud. 
And pride pushes out any thoughts of God. Any thoughts of gratitude. Remember the old uh, movie, Shenandoah, Jimmy Stewart, when he sits there with his family going to pray. Well, I have to pray. And he says, you know, we cleared this land. We've, you know, we planted this land. We harvested this land. But, but Lord will thank you nonetheless. And it's, and, and, you know, there is this, there is this thing about, to think about this. There's the things that God does for me. And there's the things I do with my own hand. But have you ever put those in two lists? Like what blessings come from my own hand and what blessings come from the Lord's hand? You'd be humbled by the size of the Lord's list. See, I can be surrounded by all kinds of blessings, but if I don't turn them into praise and appreciation, I turn into a self-sufficient, prideful person. Moses, when he brought the children of Israel uh, out of the wilderness, a new generation, he warns them. And look at this up on the screen. Deuteronomy 8. And read the whole thing sometime. But in Deuteronomy 8 it says this, For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of rivers and wells of water flowing into valleys from hills. It is a land of grains and vines and fig trees and fruit and olive oil and honey. It is a land where you'll have enough food to eat and not have to do without. A land where stones are iron. You can make brass from, from what you dig out of the hills. When you've eaten, listen to this, this sounds like Thanksgiving. When you've eaten and had your, and, and are filled, you will honor and thank the Lord your God for the good land He has given you. And then he goes on, just a couple of verses later, when you've eaten and are filled and have built good houses to live in, and when your cattle and flocks become many, and you get much silver and gold and have many things of your own, be careful not to become proud. Do not forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house where you were servants. He led you through the big desert that brought fear with its poisonous snakes and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water. He brought you water out of hard rock. In the desert, He fed you bread from heaven which your fathers did not know about. In other words, it didn't come from them. It didn't come from any human being. It came from, from God Himself. He did this. Who? God. He did this so you would not have pride and that He might test you. It was for your good in the end. Be careful not to say to your heart, My power and strong hand has made me rich, but remember the Lord your God. For it is He who is giving you power to become rich. By this He may keep His agreement which He promised to your fathers as it is this day. If you ever, listen to this warning, if you ever forget the Lord your God and go to other gods to worship and work for them, I tell you today, that you'll be destroyed for sure. What's He saying? Don't forget to be grateful. I mean, really, when you list it out, folks, how many blessings do I actually have from my own hand? From your own hand, how many do you really have? I did this by myself. Really? Didn't God give you the talent and ability and the opportunity? The list is just amazing and it's humbling when you stop and think about His list versus my list or your list. James 1.17 says, Everything good comes from God. I, last time I checked that word, everything means everything. Everything good comes from God. Every perfect gift is from Him. And see, if I... If I get caught up in ingratitude, it destroys me. It destroys me. 
So ask yourself when it comes to the gratitude, these wrenches again, to adjusting your gratitude towards humility. Is that something you need to work on? Is to to create to, to for for to experience humility? Where's my gratitude at? Is it developing humility in my life, or am I becoming self-sufficient and full of pride? And I think about what I'm accomplishing and not what God's accomplishing. You see, if I think, listen, if I think about what God has done, they are His blessings to me. And He wants me to use them. But if I think they're my blessings to me and I've done them, that's why I hold on so tight to them. No, gratitude helps me let go. Reminds me, God, these are Your blessings and you want your blessings used to bless others. Number five, grateful people are motivated to serve God. What motivates you? What really motivates you? What is the why behind the what in your life? Because we're motivated by lots of things. There's lots of motives. Guilt can be a motive. Fear can be a motive. To impressing other people can be a motive. Duty can be a motive. And I've experienced all of those. And occasionally still do. Where I'm doing something for God, but it's to impress. Or I'm doing something for God, and it's because I feel so guilty. I've been guilted into it. Or I'm doing something for God, and I feel the pressure... Or I just do it because, well, I guess I'm supposed to. Look at, look at this Psalms 116. What can I give the Lord for all the good things He's given me? What's He saying there? What's He saying there? He's saying, what can I give to God based on gratitude? See, gratitude is the greatest motivation of all. It's the greatest motivation of all. Grateful people count God's blessings and, it, and cause them to be generous with those blessings. They want to give back. So, again, Psalms 116, verse 17. I will offer you a sacrifice to show how grateful I am and I'll pray. What motivates you to serve God, church? What will motivate you? You see, if I'm motivated by fear, I will get angry eventually. I'm tired of being scared. Tired of being pushed around. If it's out of guilt, I'll get bitter. Quit putting me on a guilt trip. Guilt's not fun. Shame doesn't work. And if it's to impress others, you say, well, I, you know, that, that, that motive to impress others, I'm going to, first of all, people are going to disappoint me because they're not going to be that impressed sometimes. They're not even going to notice. But gratitude to God... I turn my service to impress the audience of one. I think about if it bears His name, it deserves my best, and it's not about me anymore. But how can I, how can I repay you, Lord? How can I, how can I return what you've done for me? How can I return it to you? That's why the most grateful people. Some of some of us here, you're, you know, you're so grateful. It's it, it just oozes out of you. That's why you are so sacrificial when it comes to serving. 
And it doesn't matter when you're called. It doesn't matter what the job is. It's going to get done. You're grateful. You're grateful. And you want God to know that. So when it comes to my gratitude adjustment to improve my motivation, how many wrenches do I need to work? That signify how hard I need to work with this. I need to address this. I need to address my motivation a little bit. A couple of wrenches. A lot. More wrenches. Number six, and we're going to close here. Grateful people are peaceful. There's a sense of peace in their life. They aren't restless or anxious. No, instead of that, gratitudes replace those emotions with confidence and contentment. Look at these passages here on your notes and up on the screen. It's Philippians 4. Paul says, I love the way the today's Passion Translation says this. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell Him every detail of your life. Every day, let there be overflowing gratitude coming out of you. Let your gratitude be there every day. Don't be pulled. Don't let worries pull you in every direction. Let gratitude hold you together. Let gratitude settle you down. Then he says in verse 7, the next verse, if you do this, he says, if you do this on a daily basis, you'll experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace, it says, will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. Gratitude has that impact. It gives me peace. I'm grateful to God for what you're doing. And by recognizing His blessings and recognizing His power and recognizing His protection, recognizing His Word, His wisdom, His ways, His love, His comfort, all those reassure me I'm going to be alright. I'm better than alright. And it creates peace, inner peace. Guards my heart from being all twisted and in all these different directions. My gratitude adjustment to develop peace. What could I do? Let me say as we close here, how can I develop peace in my life? It's being grateful, but maybe it starts with accepting Christ. First, it starts with just becoming a Christian. If you haven't done that, I don't know how you can be really settled down I don't mean settled as in satisfied with status quo. I'm talking about quieted down and at peace with God and peace with others, at peace with your life. Because only God's peace can do that. You'll never be able to develop that. But maybe you've done that. You've become a Christian, but you are tossed to and fro by worries and stuff. Maybe it's making a choice here, a decision. I need to rededicate my life to really trust the Lord. Because when I do, then I'm able to experience His love, His mercy, His power, His stability, His wisdom, and it will create in me greater peace. I can be grateful. What do you need to be grateful for today? What gratitude adjustment do you need to make? I want to encourage you this morning as we start this series together to open your hearts, open your minds, and let God adjust your heart and make thanksgiving Not a day, but a way of life. You have a card in your bulletin. 
In that card, you can write, maybe there's something you'd like to write, like a prayer request or a decision you'd like to make. Maybe you'd like to study the Bible with somebody. Or maybe you just want to rededicate your life, be a part of a small group. Maybe you just need to recommit your life to Christ. I've gotten away from it all. And you're thinking, you know, I'm grateful for a God of a second chance and a third chance, fourth chance. I don't know what your needs are this morning, but I want to encourage you to look at that card, think about that. We're going to sing a song and maybe you need to fill out a prayer request or something you, you need. God, help me make this adjustment in my life. Help me to value others. Help me to be more positive. Lord, I need to work on being content and at peace. I'm letting my focus is on something else. Maybe it's a simple adjustment of I just need to to be more conscious of you. Help me remember you and think of you uh, when I lay awake at night that I that I call upon your power and your love and it can settle me down. I don't know what your needs are this morning, but if you have something like that, write it down. Let people pray for you and talk to somebody. Talk to somebody about it in your small group. Or talk to a trusted friend. Let them help you make an attitude, a gratitude adjustment. Let's pray. Father, thank You for this morning, Lord. Thank You for Your Word. Father, uh, we're so grateful. We're so grateful for how much You do. We're grateful for who You are. You are good. You are merciful. You are fair. You provide. You guide us. Thank You for Your Word. Father, we're a forgetful bunch. We're a forgetful bunch. We get so caught up in what we're doing, we forget about what You're doing. What You're trying to do. Sometimes, Father, we're so busy with ourselves, we don't value others. As we should. Help us as a church, Father. Help us as a church be a grateful church. Adjust our hearts, our perspective, our outlook. As You adjust our, our gratitude, Father, let it adjust everything. The way we look at others, the way we look at our purpose, the way we look at ourselves, the way we look at You. And let our gratitude be more than just feeling, but being. Let it grow into being. Putting it into some kind of action. In an action, in a style, and in a way that You want us to live. Not just during this time of the year, but every day of our lives. Thank You for Cindy Blair being here this morning, Father. You know, she had a heart attack last week. Thank You for her being here. Father, thank You for those of us that... Uh, that are here, Father, that in spite of the diseases and the emotional stuff they're going through, they, they chose to be in this room today. Father, minister to their hearts through Your Holy Spirit. Comfort them, Father. Challenge them. And Father, reassure them of Your love that You're not done with them. There's someone here, Father, that has left You and they need to come back. Father, let them know they can come back to You. That You would run to them. Reassure them. Give them peace, Father. Some of us here, we got lots of worries going on. Grant us peace. Grant us peace, Father. Peace inside. Peace with people. 
Let it start with peace with you. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.